It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're just 48 hours or so out from Celtic's massive 2-1 win over Rangers on Saturday. And while most of us will be somewhere up around about Clyde 9, Brendan Rodgers and the players have still got a job to do as they take on St Mirren in tomorrow's 5 o'clock kickoff. This is Tino with the Count of the Kickoff show. I'm joined here by Paddy. Paddy, your initial thoughts ahead of this one? Yeah, I think uh, after um, what we accomplished on Saturday, um, it's it, we need to be clever going into this game. Um on, on Tuesday, and I, I think we need to be ready for what's going to be a difficult test. Um, St Mirren have had a really, really strong season, a couple of blips here or there, but I think they, they know that they're punching probably above their weight um, at this moment in time. And um, Robinson's got them playing some decent football. Um, they're very hard to break down, and I, I don't see that changing for us um, on Tuesday night. I think uh, he'll really set up. I think he would I'd, like he would be very happy with a point in this game. Um, and I think that that's what we'll set out to go for. Yeah, I've no doubt. What about from a Celtic preparation side? As I said, fans-wise, it's been a brilliant couple of days just in terms of the aftermath. The one itself is so important. The aftermath, the fallout, the ongoing uh, drama from, from Rangers' side and all that kind of stuff. But from Brendan Rodgers' point of view, so I would expect they'd have been off. The players would have been off on Sunday uh, and back in today. So we're recording this on Monday. I'm sure they'll be doing, you know, some further prep and maybe some light training, um, but not too much heavy stuff in between these games. So what do you think the message will be to the players at this moment in time? Is it a case of staying grounded, you know, one more big push to go before the break? Absolutely. And I think because they know that that break is there, um, he'll be asking them to empty the tank almost. Just just go for it. Um, I think the level of performance that we, we showed um, on Saturday for me, if you're hitting that level every game, which I know is a difficult job to do, but if you get in with that same demeanour, that same uh, work, work ethic, then, then technically for me, you're going to be, be, be better than every team in the league. And I think there's just a bit of that. It's the mentality side for Celtic. That we all know that. Um, and we know that there's just been little blips here and there this season. But I'm sure this manager will be telling them just to kick on for that game. That's, that's the benchmark right there. Yeah, that's that. One of the biggest 
things about Saturday was the performance level. You know, you, the four of us covered the post-match last night and as much as you, you would absolutely have taken any sort of scrappy 1-0-1 or, or, or anything at all to get the three points, when you sit back and, and reflect on it, taking the emotion out of it all, and you can catch some of the highlights, and I know yourself and James have watched some of the game back in a bit more detail, you can see that the performance level was just so high, you know, from the off, and Callum McGregor played a huge, huge part in setting the tone there. And that's what they've got to, to aspire to, certainly against St Mirren, but once they come back from the break and... I made the point that there's lots of commentary, or there has been lots of commentary about Rodgers has lost the dress room, the players aren't responding to him and all that kind of stuff. And I think Saturday just blows that out of the water. And yeah. from a playing point of view, I think the players now, if they hadn't already, they now see what's possible under this manager. Brendan Rodgers remains a cool head and, and I was going to say in times of crisis. There has been no crisis, but the papers would have you believe there was a crisis at Celtic. Rodgers will have remained calm, continue to do the right things in training, worked his way through a pretty tough injury list and managed to get such a strong result there on Saturday. And I think the players will be feeling more confidence in their manager if they hadn't already been feeling that way. I think so too. And it's and listen, I, as much as like I'm, I'm a big advocate for for, uh, for Rodgers, I think he's he's one of the best in the game, in my opinion. Um, but he, he's a human. He'll, he'll have his mistakes. He'll make, he'll, he will make mistakes with this, with this team. And I think that has happened this season. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that that's not the case. But what we know from him is that he, he will step up and, and, and deliver when it needs to happen. Now, we can step up and play at our highest level against the likes of Rangers or, or come close and you know go head-to-head with those in Europe. But ultimately, the bread and butter is that we need to win every single game that we play in. That's that's the goal. We're not going to do that. But games like this tomorrow are as just as important as what the game was on Saturday. And I think that that's the message he needs to go over to this team. And I tell you, I, I wonder if there's some players that are maybe very comfortable at Celtic that are thinking the league's, a, the league's an easy one, the league's always going to be in the bag. I think they would have maybe got a bit of a fright at the beginning of this season. And this is where everyone needs to buy into what the manager's trying to tell them what to do. Um, and I thought that on Saturday, it's very rarely you see, and I, and I do mean this, and in no disrespect to the rest of the league, it's very rarely you see some of our players struggling to move about at the end of the game because they're done in. They look knackered. We come the, the last five, ten minutes, we look very leggy. Um, there's some players for me that, you know, That'll be a bit of a wake-up call. This is the level you need to get at because we might not be playing against that kind of um, pace every week or we might not be up against that kind of pressure every week. But it doesn't mean that we drop it. It does not mean that we drop it. And I tell you what, that would serve you better in Europe getting with that mentality to every single game than thinking, oh, it's just St Mirren or it's just Livingston this weekend or, dare I say, it's just Hearts. We found out what happens when we let the ball drop. So I think it's it's a good... Great result on Saturday, taking nothing away for that. A nice timely reminder of what it takes to go and actually win the league and what it takes to win trebles, which we've done over the last few years. I think it's important we know how much you need to put into that. Yeah, and I think also what it takes to be a Celtic player. I'd love to hear comments from somebody like Mike Navrocki, who's been thrown in there. Um, He's been unlucky, hasn't he? You know, he arrived, done okay his first few games, showed a bit of something, struggled with injury. I believe he tried to come back too soon, was the chat. He's He's never quite been been fully fit and ready. He gets thrown in there um, unexpectedly, half an hour or so into a really intense game. And he stood up really well. But I wonder if at the end of the game, after the whistle, he just had a moment to himself where he thought, 
okay, this is what it's all about, and this is this is Celtic, and as you say, Paddy, these are the levels you need to get to. And then he needs to, I mean, Nabrocki will probably feature tomorrow, but we'll get to that in a second. He needs to then get into the headspace of, I've had the intensity and the passion and the drama of a, a Glasgow derby in front of a packed Celtic park. I now need to go to Paisley, to St Mirren, to a very different environment. And with mm. all due respect to St Mirren, it's going to be far, you know, far less heated an environment. It's just, you know, it's just the facts of the matter. Far smaller crowd, different proposition altogether. St Mirren will approach it differently from how Rangers did. But the life of a Celtic player means you need to adapt to that. And it's sometimes that bizarre that you need to go from a Rangers game to a St Mirren game to a Feyenoord game, for example. And that's the that's the life of a Celtic player for Navrocki and others. So it'll be interesting to see how they, they respond tomorrow. And the very key point, Paddy, is you get the same three points for St Mirren as you do against Rangers. So they'll need to be every bit of switched on. But in a good place just now, players will be feeling confident and it's definitely one they'll be looking forward to before the break. In terms of that lineup, so there might be a couple of calls to make. Um, Joe Hart will start in goals, as we know. Let's go right back, first of all. We've been fairly critical of Alistair Johnson, and I think rightly so. The post-match was all about the positivity, wasn't it? It wasn't a time to dwell on anything in any way negative. But it's also important to to cover topics such as players being particularly out of form. And I think, unfortunately, Alistair Johnson's one of those guys. So do you think he should be taken out the firing line and replaced by Alistair Johnson, eh, Tony Ralston for this one? Um, I, I don't actually. I think I was thinking about this after the, the show uh, the other day. I, I, my thinking on it is, is that for me, he's the best. He's the best right back at, at, at the team um, at the club. Sorry, and I think he's he's going to he's going to just enjoy this break that's coming up. Um, for me, I think he, he's fell victim of just having that injury um, at the, the wrong time in the season. Not a full pre-season under his belt thrown right back into it, probably when not fully fit as well. Um, and I think we've seen that with quite a number of players this season. Um, again, coming off the back of, of a poor recruitment in the summer, that we have been stretched a little bit and we do need to get the finger out um, in terms of that. Um, but for Alistair Johnson and his confidence, I don't think it does him any favours if he's pulled out. I think that you look at the rhythm of the last three games, the only change being Carter Vickers and now obviously Welsh. Um, I would keep everything the same. I really would. I think one last go at it before this break. Um, I know I'm kind of ruining this uh, lineup section here, but I would just keep everything the same. You know, <laughs> I really would, and I think Johnson's included in that because being part of maybe four wins in a row, that's only good for your mental side as well. Um, and getting you up to that that break, and then you can kind of regroup. And I think you will. I think Johnson's a very very good player. You can just tell he's just maybe that little yard off it at the moment. Yeah, and I get that as a suggestion because <clears throat> I've I've banged on with the line inconsistent lineups equals inconsistent results, and that's what yeah. we were seeing for a time there. We've now hit the 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 gold medal of three wins in a row, which we've been struggling to get uh, so far this season. Inconsistency is something that Celtic really need, and actually, apart from uh, Carter Vickers' injury situation, there we're pretty much at the same lineup now, three in a row, I believe. With you know yeah. Bernardo getting that place in the midfield. And there would certainly be a lot to be said for making that four. You know, obviously, it looks like Navrocki will come in for Carvickers. We'll get there in a second. Um, but having it as consistent as possible might be a way to go. And it just allows the players to take confidence in the fact that they'll be starting with the same players again. That familiarity shouldn't do them any harm. And we'll see if we can kick on and make it four wins in a row uh, after Saturday. Is Navrocki just the obvious replacement? Is there any other 
potential solution there. Lager Belk is nowhere, is he? There's there's nothing Matt, else to Matt Phillips is away. Matt Phillips is gone. Already. We can, we can Already. breathe a sigh of relief. No offence, Matt, Matt, but uh won't do your thing elsewhere, please. Um I think for for me it has to be um Navrosky. I think he he will be, you know, very, very happy to get the minutes he got on Saturday. And I thought that he, he took his opportunity really well. And a guy that's probably, you know, sat and listened to what his managers had to say. A lot of people call Rogers out for almost throwing some of the guys under the bus. But sometimes when you're trying to get a message over to a squad that size that we've spoke about, I, I, for me, I think it's a bit of class. I think he's he's done it in the right way. You know, he's got people talking about it. And I tell you what, you, you sink or swim. And I think yesterday was a big opportunity for, for Navrosky to come in and, uh, sorry, two days ago, um, to to make a make a point, you know, this is why I've been signed for this money. I've had little injuries, I've had little niggles here or there, but I'm ready. I'm and ready to put yourself on the line. I thought some of these tackles there they were excellent. Um, but what excites me the most about him is that the question is for any centre half at Celtic, can they bring the ball out for the back and can they do it quickly and are they precise in their passing? And I think this is the the good sign with this guy. I think he looks as if he's going to be really, really quick off the mark and really bring us up the park a lot quicker. Um, than, than what we've seen this season, to be honest. He's getting real plaudits for the passing in Matt O'Reilly before O'Reilly played it into Kyogo. And rightly so, as you say, it's just having that character to maybe... It's easy as a centre-half to just knock it out to your right-back or you know keep it fairly simple. But to go up two levels you know, and kind of miss out a line of players and go to the kind of further pass and, and be confident and brave in your execution of that, that can make all the difference and, and just allows you to get, get up the park that bit quicker catch your opponents on the hop, and then when you've got guys like Kyogo that can do what he does, then it's a, it's a huge plus. Um, you use the term sink or swim, and I think that's so accurate for anybody coming to Celtic. It's it's not enough just to have ability. A lot of people will get the move to Celtic based on their ability, but you then need to show your mental resilience and what you've got about you as an individual. And I think it's those that have got that strong mentality that got to be a real success. And in terms of Navrocki, um, you have to say he's, he's passed that test on Saturday with flying colours and now it's all about how he takes it on you know once you find your feet can you then go and do it consistently and that's what makes you a real Celtic player but the signs are there for him uh, that he could well go and be that guy he's obviously up against huge competition in the shape of Carter Vickers who would be a, a starter every single time when he's fit but that's the challenge you know you've got to be chapping that door and, and seeing where you get to and then on his left hand side you've got a guy in Liam Scales who honestly, Paddy, just this is just repeating what a lot of folk are saying, but he's just getting better and better. And my take on him, you know, a couple of months ago was he's fine for now. He's doing a decent job. He's got a mistake in him, but he'll, he'll do it at the moment. And I've moved away from that to, you know, where is that mistake? We're just we're not seeing that mistake that we all thought was in him. Um, yeah, it's like any player he can have a couple of moments in games, but by and large, Paddy, when he's he's had to go and, and show what he's all about. He's really stood up, and actually, you can bookend his Celtic career, certainly this season, in terms of the game at Ibrox and the game there at Celtic Park against Rangers. Everything he's done in between that has been so impressive, and I'm happy for him to be our centre half, certainly throughout the rest of this season. And who knows what's beyond? I think with Liam Scales, and and I know I'm being pretty critical, and I'm I'm, I'm not really pulling away for that too much now, to be honest. I think for Scales, I think it's an incredible like turnaround for him, I, I really, really do. And I think that you're absolutely right to call out the games against them. And 
And and some games in Europe as well. I thought Atletico Madrid. I thought he was um, at Celtic Park. I thought he was solid. I thought he'd done really really well. I think those kind of games suit him when he's back against the wall. He's up against it. I think uh, he thrives under that pressure. And I would say the same way any centre half. The thing with scales for me is that does he do it bringing the ball out? We play a different brand of football when it comes to the other ten teams in the league. It's a, a more difficult game. It's uh, backs against the wall for them. Is he the answer to unlock midfield, unlock defences? I don't think he is. And I think that that's, this is the bit that he falls down on for me um, more than anything. And I do still think there's still little lapses of concentration that I worry about. And it's not blatant errors, but in the build-up to play, he's letting players in. Um, obviously, not always helped by Greg Taylor in that, to be honest, as well. That for me, as much as yes, there's a sentimental value to Liam Scales, I, I definitely think we're all happy to see what he's doing. But do we sit on that? Do we think that that's good? Is that is that going to be the level required for Champions League next season, for Europe next season? For me, the answer is no. Is he a squad player? Yes, hundred percent. I think he's earned that. I think he's earned a new deal, um, without a doubt. Um, I think he gets what it takes to play for Celtic. I love his passion, I love his energy, I love everything he's done since since getting into the team. But is he the level that we need? I don't think he is. And I think that's very fair and it's a very valid comment and I'm sure it's it'd make for a good debate amongst loads of Celtic fans and I'm sure it's one that's been doing the rounds uh, in recent weeks and months. What, what I would say, just to follow on from that, is I agree to a huge extent that Liam Scales is a, a good footballer in terms of the, the sense of you know ball at feet. But I think he's a great defender. And I suppose that's why he stands out in games against Rangers and some of the European stuff, because you're required to defend more than you are against, say, St Mirren tomorrow or Dundee or, or whoever else. And in the big games, when you need your defenders to stand up and defend first and foremost, Liam Scales has stood up. But I agree. Um, if Celtic want to progress, certainly in Europe, it's no good having one guy, your right centre-half, being good at starting attacks. You need to have the two guys to be, you know, fast and able on the ball. And maybe that's where Liam Scales would fall a bit short. But I would say at the moment, he's the man in the jersey. He's earned that. And he will probably continue uh, to the end of the season. Then we can regroup and see where we're at. But it's a great debate. Um, yeah. I'm really pleased for a guy who's shown a brilliant attitude. Without uh, a Without the other a guy we need to, to comment on, we've, we've been fairly harsh on Greg Taylor recently. I think fair, harsh but fair is, is the assessment I would give. But you also need to give credit when, when he steps up. And I think he's another lad who who showed a bit of character and a bit of something uh, in the game on Saturday. Yeah, I think so. I think um, a lot of it just comes down to confidence with some of these guys um, and their own ability. Um, Greg Taylor, I, I think we know there's there's limitations in what he can what he can bring us and what he can what he can offer to the to the full team. Um, under Andrew, it was different, but there were still some games where he, he was found out. I think back to the Bodo Glimp games, I think he was rinsed inside out for a full full two legs. For me, I think he's, um, I think he's he's got something, but I, I just again another player, and, and I look at that left hand side, another player where I think that we still need to look at improving upon. I don't think he gets better now. I think. He's had two two seasons playing at the highest level for us. He's done okay. He's won a treble, absolutely brilliant achievement. But we are looking at a team now that needs to try and and you know we could potentially be going into our third season of Champions League group stage football. Um, is the progress there? I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. So this is 
this is the next step for Celtic. And I know that everyone's saying we'll get the league to win first. But I think on the evidence of Saturday is that the quality of that team is there. And if we if we get players back and we kick on, we do have enough in the tank to go and win this league. We will. We will sign in January. We need to sign in January. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Um, but ultimately, I, I think if you're Brendan Rodgers or your recruitment team, you're looking at right, who takes us to the next level, who gets us seven points in the Champions League next year, or dare I say 10 with the extra game coming in and play. We really need to start planning for that now because we've been caught out so many seasons before. Um, but the one group that that lies on is, is the board, is the board mm-hmm. if they want to do that. And like you, you've mentioned before, it's not Greg Taylor's fault, it's not Joe Hart's fault that they're in this position. And I totally agree with that. Um, but they are standing up and, and they're, going to, they're going to put their bit in because it, it could be their final season in a Celtic jersey. It, it generally could be. So I want I want them to give everything because they deserve it as well. They deserve to win, the guys, because they've done a lot for us. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You use the term sentimentality when it comes to guys like Liam Scales, and I think that applies to Greg Taylor. Yeah. I think he's a guy who's he's had a journey at Celtic, hasn't he? He arrived pretty unfancied, struggled a bit. Celtic tried to find alternatives in guys like Ball and Goalie and, and others. And Greg Taylor saw a few guys off, you know, um, what do you call him? Burnaby has obviously come in and, and not he's not even touched Greg Taylor's shirt. He's not getting anywhere near it, to be honest with you. Um, and then Taylor's had those two really good seasons under Ange. He's now gone back the way about this season, although he stepped up again on Saturday. He's a he's a guy who's ridden the Celtic roller coaster, to be honest with you. And I think a lot of fans, whenever Greg Taylor moves on, will we'll thank him uh, very genuinely for what he's done and the commitment he's given to a Celtic shirt. But I suppose the same message applies to Greg Taylor as Liam Scales. You can like them individually, and I think Miff loves Greg Taylor individually, but you can, you can be fond of these guys, but still hope for better. You know, oh, you always hope that your team improves, don't you? That's just the bottom line, and getting complacent and settling for good enough. You know, maybe that's where I'm at with Liam Skills. You know, I don't know, I need to work that one out myself, but Joe Hart is good enough to see us through this season. Liam Skills is good enough to see us through this season. Greg Taylor's probably the same, but Paddy, really within this January window and beyond, Celtic and Brendan Rodgers and the board need to look beyond good enough. What about getting players that are good enough to go and compete in the Champions League, good enough to get those seven points instead of four that you mentioned? And and that's the ambition that the whole club need to show. I agree. I think as well for me now that if you if you go and, and push to go and try and win this, this league and, and go and do it very comfortably, which again, I still think is possible. Um, I think for me that it's kind of got to come down to if you get these players in now, giving them that four or five months experience of the league and then giving them the pre-season together as a, as a full squad, these guys are com- coming in to play Champions League football for Celtic. That, surely that's the method. Surely that, that's got to be the plan. We never. I, I know January is a more difficult window, I understand that. And it's very hard to tell if any of your main players are going are gonna to head the, in the other direction. But surely as a as a scouting team, as a recruitment team, you you plan for that, you get yourself ready for that. Who's going to come in? Who's going to be ready for the Champions League for next season? I think back to the amount of seasons we've used near beat on and qualifiers and you're, you're scratching your head, like, are we just hoping that we get there? And then you've, you're given a new centre-half or you're given a new midfielder or a new striker two or maybe three games before the Champions League starts to bed themselves in. just doesn't work. I think we need to start thinking smartly. Um, if we want any opportunity to progress 
in Europe, we need to we need to start spending money and bringing in quality um, and no like no more projects, please. For the time being, especially with the money we're going to hopefully make if we win the league this season, um, we don't have the 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 safety net of the Europa League next season as well. We don't have that anymore. It's a straight up competition. We're in the Champions League. Let's go and show why we should be there. Yeah, and that's that's what the board should be looking at. Definitely, and and just to echo your sentiment, please, no more projects. Let's bring in two, maybe even three first-team ready players to to compete in the second half of the season. The big chat, we mentioned it yesterday, Thiago Arujo, uh from Portugal is the big talk for left-back. I think he would sound like a, a really decent acquisition and we'll see if we can add him and, and one or two others as we move forward. We're only 1st of January, Paddy, but we'll keep a very close eye on, on what happens in the, the coming days and weeks because it's such an important window for Celtic. Listen, they're all important, but for big reasons, this one's huge. So let's see what the board uh, and the recruitment team can do over the next few weeks. Um, hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Back to the, the game against St. Man, looking into the midfield. So it's got to be Callum McGregor, Matt O'Reilly and Paolo Bernardo. Three players who really stepped up on the occasion. Um, and particularly Bernardo, Paddy. What a big day for him. What a big moment for a young guy. Easy to forget. He's 21 years of age. He'll turn 22 this month, January. Um, but he'll be sky high after that. And he must start again against St. Man. I think so. I think, um, as I said uh, yesterday, I think it's one of those ones. You, you see the space and the time he gives Callum McGregor. And that was the big thing for me. When McGregor had the ball, the, the, the work off the ball from O'Reilly and Bernardo is what McGregor's been crying out for all season, in my opinion. I think that his, his awareness to drag their midfield about with him at points. And the, the one guy that was trying to get close to him quite a bit was Sterling. Um, he was just so, so clever on his movement. And to the point of that as well, when defending, he was switching into the right position to block any in, inside pass from Tavernier. The amount of times they were trying to play it long, which we know is their tactic. But also you were, you were pushing Tavernier back with Palma and Bernardo covering that angle. 
that they were just having to give it to Goldson, who would also lump it long. So Celtic were very, very clever, but it takes concentration, it takes the press for 90 minutes. And he was he was blown out his backside coming into the game, but that will only do him good as well. Um, I think for me, he's he's a very, very clever player. I think he's only going to get better and I would be I would be signing him as soon as we can. I really would. Yeah, and as I say, it remains to be seen what Celtic will have to pay for him. Conflicting reports, whether it's one and a half million or somewhere between five and six. So we'll try and get clarity on that. But yeah, I think he's he's just stepped up. And listen, two or three games doesn't make a, a career. You need to go and then, as I say about um, Navrocki, find that consistency. Yeah. Can you go and do it for half a dozen games, 10 games and beyond and, and show what you've got? But I think all of a sudden fans have started to get excited about Bernardo. And I think whether it's Bernardo, Thiago Holm, Iwata, anyone in that midfield, David Turnbull, it's probably unfair to judge guys when they're getting a game here, two games there, then they're out, then they're in again for a couple and they're out. You need to give guys three, four, five games. And I know that's easier said than done at Celtic, you know, given the pressures. But what he's shown is he's had a run of three games now, should be four against St Mirren. And he started to show the best of himself. And, and long may that continue. And a lot of folk are saying that the game changed. Uh, on Saturday when he went off, he went off in 70 minutes and the tempo did seem to drop. It was around about the time of the sending off and there's lots going on. So it's it's maybe too simple to say when Bernardo went off, we weren't the same, but it certainly coincided with his exit that we weren't quite as um, incisive as we had been for the opening 70 minutes of the game. But great for him and, and great to see you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was he was just engaged with the press at all times. Um, he needed to come off. He looked knackered. Um, but if you give him that for 70 minutes and then you're able to kind of see out the game, Turnbull's obviously, for me, not the choice I would, would have brought on in that situation. I think a fit Hattati just walks on there, no problem. Um, but just to, to give that for that amount of time, and I think <laughs> it, this is when you're coaching and this is when your manager comes in. They can see the player. They know right what, what is he capable of, what, is he, what does he need to improve on. And we've spoke about this. Without a doubt, he's been told, you've got the intelligence, you've got the feet, get get, um, get yourself into this game a bit more over the last three three games. And he's he's really just thrown himself into it. I think that's the, the difference. He's he's not shying away from it. Uh, we were talking about his aerial ability uh, yesterday, and I think that every every header he was going in for, if he was not winning it, he was making them work for it. Um, I thought he just got stuck in. I thought, <laughs> this is a brilliant line for... For any uh, Scottish football enthusiast, he became a Scottish footballer <laughs> um, when when he was just he, he was just part of the full game. I just thought he gets he, he realised the the magnitude of the fixture and what it meant for us to keep this momentum of of remaining top of this league as well, and just put everyone on the line. It was a great performance, but as I've said earlier, we need to keep doing that. Yeah, he's a big lad, doesn't he? He's, I think he's six one there or thereabouts, and and that's important. We, we've spoken about. The physicality the Rangers bring, they've got a, a team of, I would say, fairly limited footballers in places, but they are physical. They've got some big guys and that can make a difference. And sometimes, as you say, the the, the robust nature of Scottish football requires big, powerful players. And it's certainly no harm that Bernardo can bring that physicality as well as all the class and quality that he's got in the ball. Um, moving forward, Paddy, to the front line, um, you'll probably have seen the breaking news this morning that Japan have confirmed their, their squad for the Asian Cup. And there's no Kyogo Furuhashi in that. Now, you can look at that in one or two ways, that it's it's a bonus for Celtic to keep the player here and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I think it's a blow. Over the piece, I don't think it's a good thing because I think of the individual 
and what it'll do to him in terms of confidence levels. Kyogo will have been buzzing after Saturday. What a special goal and, you know, to, to ultimately win that fixture. And I'd have been really keen for him to go there. Listen, Celtic should be able to deal with the, the games that they'll miss. I think it's Bucky Thistle and Ross County and then Aberdeen and Hibs away. Tough games, particularly the away ones, but the squad should have been capable. So, Wilson, it's great to have Kyogo Paddy. I'm a bit disappointed for the individual that he's not been given the nod on this occasion. Big time, big time. I think that as Celtic fans, obviously, will, will be happy that we're going to be able to keep him. Um, but ultimately, I think at the age he's at, 28, coming up in 29, um, I think he'll be he'll be wondering, is that the chance gone for for like cementing a place in that starting lineup? Um, I have no idea what this manager's watching. I really don't. I think uh, it's, a, it's a gutter for him. Um, I, I heard one of the guys in the group, uh, Guy Mark, was telling me that um, apparently they found out on Friday, um, but the squad was announced um, today. Okay. Um, so apparently he's new, and I just think, as we said in the group, that's a that's a right get it up you that finish um, on on uh, Saturday. So I feel for him. I think that a lot of our fans going on about Hitati, um should be should be staying because he's just back from injury. I, I think we need to remember this is important as the Euros is to Scotland fans. You know, this is a big tournament. This is, you know, you want to go and represent your country. We can't turn around and say, you know, you're not going. We don't even have the power to do so, I think. Um, and if the player wants to go, the player wants to go as well. So we need to we need to respect that and respect that it's a big tournament. Um, I don't know what Hitati's involvement will be like. I think maybe it could be a good thing for him as well, just to go and try and get up to match speed. Um, playing like training with a really high level team Japan um, and I think that might do him the world of, good, world of good to be honest to come back and kick on for the second half of the season but for Kyogo I feel I feel for him I really really do I think he deserved to be there I think he's in a really really tough couple of months to be honest mm -hmm. but what we know about him is, is that it doesn't need eight attempts and eight shots in target it needs one yeah, and I think, so the Japan manager, uh, Hajime Moriyasu, he's never really fancied Kyogo at all, I think, is, is what we've seen. You know, we've obviously paid a close, uh, close eye to, to the Japan squads over the last couple of years, given the, the personnel that we've got involved. And Kyogo's often overlooked. Um, yeah. Sometimes, bizarrely so, they've had other strikers injured, yet they've still not gone to Kyogo. And it, it kind of makes sense that he's made his call before Friday, because... Had you seen what Kyogo brought to the party on Saturday, you might have thought twice. And it's bizarre, isn't it? Because Maeda's bringing nothing to the party. Hatati's been injured. But it's clear this manager isn't picking guys on recent form. He's going with his overall impression of these players. And for whatever reason, Kyogo doesn't seem to fit. And I think as, as long as he's manager, Kyogo, unfortunately, will be in the periphery. But I hope as an individual, he can have the mental strength. And I think he does to bounce this one off. He showed his response to the the World Cup, you know, he wasn't involved in the World Cup squad this time last year, and he had the character to bounce back and have a brilliant end to the season for Celtic. I think Celtic might get the best out of him in terms of how he responds this time as well again, but I do feel for the player, because obviously, like any footballer, you've got aspirations to go and represent your country, but unfortunately, it's not going to be in this occasion. Um, there's five Celtic players in total that are involved there, <clears throat> excuse me, Hitati and Maeda that I've mentioned, they'll go for Japan. Owen Yang will go for South Korea, and it'll be good for them and good for their development as well. And the surprise certainly is Marco Tillio, who doesn't seem to play football for, for anybody on a club basis, but he gets a call up for Australia. 
But again, that might be good for his confidence. As you say, Paddy, you're around very talented players. I'm sure it'll be quite an intense camp and, and lots of hard work put in. And maybe Tilly comes back uh, a more confident player than someone who's ready to make an impact at Celtic. But we'll just need to wait and see on that one. Um, in terms of St Mirren, so for the game itself, Kyogo absolutely should start through the middle. And then the way there is, Paddy, so you, I know you're keen for consistency and, and I, I would agree with that to a point. Um, but I think Maida has been so poor. I think it's fair to say that him and Alistair Johnson are the guys that are really off form at this moment in time. Maida is important for his defensive work in certain games, less so against St Mern, who I think will play fairly defence-minded. Would you be inclined to maybe throw in a bad in or somebody like that uh, out in the right wing? No, no. I, I just think keep, keep it as. Uh, a bad will get his, his run out, I think. Maeda has been so... He's, he's not been good at all since he's came back from injury. I'm not I'm not going to deny that. But I think you just go with your fittest team as best as you can. Um, and I don't want a badder who's just coming back to start playing hour and then end up niggling something else. I just think, you know, keep him wrapped up at the moment. Mm-hmm. Give him half an hour. Let him get a good run out. And it's good good for the mental side, especially if we're winning. I think we'll... I, think, I know we'll come on to this, but I think we'll, we'll score a few tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me I just think no you, you stick with a team that's been doing well let them like I say end of the time before the the, the, the break starts um, and we'll see the likes of Abada come into the game as well and put more pressure on so no it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a change for me yeah fair enough <clears throat> I can get on board with that and I think for Abada and Tati talented as they are it's important not to rush them back isn't it it's, it's tempting to do so because of the quality they bring I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see much of Hatate at all. We might not see any minutes from him against St. Mern, depending on how it's going, because I think they're just keen to be very careful with him, given that he's had a, such a stop-start season. And likewise, they'll be keen to make sure that Abada just beds his way in. Whether they get 15 minutes or so on Saturday, yeah. maybe it'll be similar there uh, you know, against St. Mern. And that would be Louis Palmer eh, on the left-hand side, Hattati, eh, sorry, Maeda on the right-hand side. And it leaves you good options on the bench. You know, Hattati, um, Abada, Mikey Johnson that I've got to get my mention in for and various others. But um, let's turn to St Mirren, Paddy. They had had a wee bump in the road. They had obviously a very strong start to the season, getting a lot of plaudits. Then they had a bit, bit of a dip mm-hmm. of recent, but they put in a, a really big performance eh, the weekend. They beat Aberdeen 3-0 in Petaudry. And not a lot of teams go and do that at any time. Although I think Barry Robson's time sadly might be coming to an end. He's a guy who's pretty popular at Celtic Park for obvious reasons. But from St Mirren's point of view, it's a big result to go and get. It's a great result. Um, and I think that they they play some really nice football. I, I said at the top of the show that I wouldn't be surprised if they sat in against us and it's a case of breaking down the low block. But actually, the last time we played them, they, they did try and come out against us a little bit as well. Um they they're in, they're in the running to try and get into this uh, these European positions, and I think that they'll be very they'll be very clever on how they approach tomorrow's game. I don't think they'll see it as a free hit. I think they'll be looking for a point. I really do. Um, and we we just need to be be up for this. I think I'm saying we'll score by a few goals. I do think we will. I think that the momentum is definitely there. A few things clicked for us on Saturday. A few things still need ironed out. Um, but for me, I think that we, we we just go for it. We try and blow them away. I think we should be quicker, more dynamic than these teams. And as I said, guys knowing that they're going on this break, we'll, we'll, we'll put everything into it tomorrow as well. So um, it'll be a hard game, but I, I think we, we should have enough to see them off quite easily. 
Yeah, their form's been very inconsistent in recent times. I'm looking just here at the last eight games. They've only won two of the last eight. So one of them was that one at Petodre there at the weekend. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, in a few games ago, they beat Ross County 2-0. That aside, they've lost five and drawn one. So they're a team at the moment that are kind of more down than up, very generally speaking. Although league-wise, they sit in fifth position, just a couple of points off Kelly, uh, who are in fourth. So... That that's as maybe as, as high as St. Martin could expect to get to break into the top four for a club like that would be great and it would really be testament to the good work that Stevie Robinson's doing. But I think absolutely they need to be real about it. And I think doesn't that this isn't said with any arrogance, but a point against Celtic's got to be seen as, as a big one for them, hasn't it? It has, it has, especially because I think they've had aspirations as a club to try and A, first of all, break into the top six and then B, start going for Europe. I think that they, they are dreaming big lately. Um, uh, and I think that that's something that they'll want to, that, that will be the target. I think that's Robinson's target. He's been told that's what he needs to deliver. So he's been given, he's been given some good backing. Um, he's brought in some of, some of the players that he's worked with before, as we've mentioned, but they've also got some talented, uh, talented players as well. And I think that, we, we, we just need to be just be ready for it. But I think that we should have too much for them tomorrow. I don't, you know, they're going to try and slow the game down anytime the ball goes out of play. That's going to, that's going to affect our, our style of play, in my opinion. But tomorrow's again a big game for the midfield three. If they take control of it, I think it's a, it's a shooting that we go and score a few tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I hope you're right. I mean, there's there's players at Celtic are fairly familiar with at this moment in time. Mark O'Hara always seems to grab a goal against us. And Rangers, actually. Um, very good player. Um, I think he scored at the weekend. Mikel Mandaron, Mandaron up top, who I think is a very decent player. Mm-hmm. Alex Gogic, who seems to sit in the middle of the back three at this moment in time. So they've got individuals that are decent. And Stevie Robinson, he's obviously, as you say, Paddy brought in guys that he's worked with before and trusted. And he seems to have a fairly settled team there and... There's no doubt it won't be an easy one, but Celtic should be highly motivated. And you know, I can you know you've mentioned now a few times you think we'll be relatively comfy overall. So, what scoring prediction are you going with? I'll go for three 0 tomorrow. Um, I think just the way they're playing. I think uh, as I said, if if Kyogo's heard that news on Friday and went and scored a goal like that on the Saturday, I think he'll be gunning to go um, again. Um, as your your good friend uh, Kevin McQuillan was telling us a brilliant story about him on Saturday about uh, the, his translator um, yeah. when he was saying about he missed the chance in Dundee um, how's he feeling about the, the, the game today and uh, he, he tells him oh, I always miss before I play play against Rangers so don't worry I'll score yeah. it's just the making of the guy you know I just think he's got a brilliant mindset a brilliant mindset and I think he'll be wanting to prove a point um, and just just you know show the Japanese boss what he's, he's missing out on Um so I think we'll, we'll see a, a lively performance from him tomorrow. But I think all eyes again are on Paolo Bernardo. I think he's going to have a have a good one for us. Yeah, I hope so. And I think, like Hugo, you know, the two goal scorers, they'll be feeling really good at themselves. Um, I wouldn't be far away from your 3-0 prediction. I'll go a wee bit more reserved. I'll go 2-0. Um, right. And again, I've mentioned how performances are important. Of course they are, and brilliant performance on Saturday. But actually... Tomorrow, you know, based on what we've done on Saturday, you must get the one at all costs. You know, it, it would undo all your good work, wouldn't it, if, if we failed to get anything but the three points. So I would take any sort of one, I really would. But I think hopefully we're now just going to start to see the real Celtic. Brendan Rodgers is, you know, six months back in the hot seat, give or take. As I say, the players are now 
coming back from injury, getting on board with the messaging. And I think we should see a good version of Celtic uh, tomorrow. We've seen the Jekyll and Hyde stuff, haven't we? We've seen the ups and downs, Kelly results, you know, drawn with Motherwell at times, hearts, all that kind of stuff. But now's the time for consistency, and it's consistency that wins your titles, Paddy. That's what it's all about. It's no point going in two and three games, you know, winning and then drawing or dropping. You need to go and find that eight, nine, ten, eleven game winning streak, and, and that's what takes you to the title. So hopefully, uh, we're about to see Celtic kick on and get over the line against St. Man tomorrow, and we can really relax and enjoy that break. Paddy, your final thoughts as we start to wrap this one up? Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think push towards this break and. Uh, and really regroup, have a look at the first the first uh, five months of the season, and really think, you know, what what have we what have we brought to the table? What could be better? What are we happy with? Um, for me, under Rogers, I think the winter breaks that we had before, we've come back and we've, we've really really ramped it up, to be honest. And I, I think we'll see the same again. I think players coming back, new additions to the team. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to the second half of the season. And it will be reflected on how important a result that is on Saturday. I think that come the end, we'll remember that game. The way we did when we, we won in the 1st of February a couple of years, that was the that was the move. That was the time, right, let's, let's show what we're about. And I think that um, this Celtic team has got a lot more to show this season. So I, I'm, I'm excited. We need to sign players, absolutely. But I think those that are there should be giving themselves a massive pat on the back to have us in this position um, come the end. Of the uh, of the first half of the season, so well done to them. Yeah, and let's hope that Saturday's big win is a catalyst for lots more to come in the second half of the season. Just before we wrap things up, um, you know, I said this yesterday, but a very big thanks to everyone who supported us throughout 2023. We've got real big things planned for the year ahead, and hopefully, you know, you'll all be on board for the journey. Whether you watch us on YouTube uh, or listen to the podcast, it's really much appreciated by myself, Paddy, and the rest of the team. But in the meantime. Thanks myself and Paddy for tuning in for this one. We'll be back shortly after the game at Sir with the final whistle show. But until then, enjoy your new year and we'll see you again very soon. Podcast Network.